Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling 101 with Jackson. I am your co-host, and this is your host, Jackson Booth. All right, I hope everybody's having a good day today. We're going to try to slam two episodes today to start getting ahead. This is a new uh, wrestling podcast. It's not going to be like the others. I'm glad you guys are coming back. Me and Jackson just want to uh, get everybody uh, to know the sport of wrestling and and, and talk about its history and stuff. Because once it's gone and these older people are gone, their stories go with them. And I want to try to... Keep that going and get the younger generation involved. So that's why Jackson and me wanted to do this to, you know, Tell show everybody that, you know. That means no fake. Yeah. but And we are going to say like we do at every podcast we start. Um, you got your hair. I know. It's just, <laughs> it's just okay. messing there you go. up. Let me uh. scoot it back. <laughs> but... We will. We do warn you. Do not do this stuff we talk about, no, okay? Because you can really get hurt doing it. It's, or, or die. You got to know how you're doing it. Yeah. Basically, these are great athletes, but they're stunt devils. <laughs> they got to know how to take the bumps, take the hits, or they can hurt themselves or do a bad move and get, I mean, kill. They could get hurt and get killed, so. Yeah. But with that being said... I'm glad you guys are back for episode three. Hope you like what we're doing so far. Today we're going to cover who, Jackson? Harley Race and The Fiend mixed with Bray Wyatt. Heck yes. And Jackson didn't hasn't got to watch a lot of uh, no. Harley Race because he's he started in the fifties, uh, wrestled in the sixties, and in the seventies. His when I started watching him in the eighties. He was kind of on his his downside of his wrestling career. He wasn't as... I mean, he was still big, but he wasn't at his prime like he was in his 70s, really, in the 60s. So, but Jackson gets to put his input on Bray Wyatt because he's got to watch him and stuff. So, yeah. we're excited about it. But uh, I guess we'll get uh, diving into it. Let me get some coffee. I never... Do what Bray Wyatt does. That can actually hurt someone and then hurt you also. Okay. Starting out with Harley Harley Race. Like I said, I might go over their birth and when they pass, but I'm not going to go into detail. Prior to wrestling, I'm going to go into when they got into it and stuff more. Okay, Harley Race... He was born born in April of 1943. Stop. That's what I'm talking about right there. Quit, please. He was born in April of 1943 and passed away August of 2019. So, we like, see, that's what I mean. These old-timers like this with their stories and their knowledge, we're losing it, guys, and we need to keep it Keep the heritage going of wrestling. Okay, at the age of 15, <clears throat> he decided to get involved in wrestling. He was recruited by St. Joseph wrestling promoter Gus Goris. I'm probably butchering its name, and I'm sorry. Gus Goros. He was uh, hired to do odd jobs for the uh, promotion, like 
help put the ring up, go get people, you know, like if some big wrestlers were coming in, he'd say, hey, go get them and bring them to the show, and da 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 So, that was he started out doing. Eventually, he started wrestling, though, and some of the other wrestlers started help started helping training him. So, that's one thing they say when you get into wrestling. It's kind of better if you get in being like a ref first, helping with the ring, getting to learn the basics of wrestling before you really get in there and start training and wrestling to be a wrestler. Because if you do it that way, you kind of already know the ins and outs of it and all that. Yeah, and, and if you don't, then you get seriously hurt. Well, you, it's just, you're still going to get trained, Jackson. I'm just saying it's easier to start at the ground like that because when you're a ref, you're refereeing the match. You know how they're supposed to be laid out and go. And with the ring, you help put it together. You understand the concept of the ring, the purpose of it. And, you know, when you're just going in there to wrestle, you just a wrestler, you know. Okay. At the age of 18, now 18 he moved to Nashville and started his wrestling career under the name of John of Jack Long with his so-called brother, John Long, and they formed a tag team. At the age of 18, he was a pro wrestler. Can you imagine that? Okay, that's like awesome. He moved, that's like you moving away from your, moving away from me at the age of 18. It's like going to college, but you're going to be a professional wrestler. Hmm. Yeah. They quickly won the uh, Southern Tag Team Champion champ, uh, Championships. After that, he had a bad car wreck and almost lost his leg. But Gus Goras, the promoter, said, No, you're not going to amputate his leg. So he got him, took him back to their home. <coughs> to their headquarters or where their main promotion was and got their doctors to look at him. Needless to say, that saved his life because if he would have listened to them other doctors, they would have chopped his leg off for no reason and then he wouldn't have been able to wrestle anymore. Man. So that guy saved his life and his leg. Saved his wrestling career. I mean, he owes everything to him. Hey, they should give him a award. Yes. Well, after that, he returned back to the ring in 1964 in, ter in the Funks Territory in Amarillo, Texas. That's here in Texas, Jackson. That's up in the Panhandle. You remember Terry Funk, don't you? Um, yeah. You've seen a little bit of him, but not much. He yeah. talked like this, kind of, you egg-sucking dog. He yeah. was a real hardcore guy towards no the end way. of his career. Yeah, he didn't start out doing hardcore but towards the end, he did. He was with the ECW and stuff. But we'll get on with Terry with the Funk and their family at another yeah. time. Not this time. That was uh, back when they had territories. Well, anyways, he went to work for them, and he formed another. And uh, while he was doing that, he had a talk with his dad about his name. And his dad said, uh, "Why you want to make somebody else's name famous? Make your name famous." So. He uh, just used his real name, Harley Race, because his dad's like, you got a good name anyway. Why 
I mean, think about a Harley race. That's a good natural name to have. And why are you not going to use it? Yeah, and he didn't have to change his name, so he just used his real name. Well, he did that, and he uh, formed a tag team with Larry Henning. And Larry Henning is the uh, father of Kurt Henning, who is Mr. Perfect. Yes. So, him and Larry Henning formed a tag team, and then they moved to the uh, American Wrestling Alliance, which was another territory up in the uh, northern part. They covered, like, Minnesota, Chicago, I believe, I think around the New York area maybe, but their main focus, I think, was, like, the central part of the United States, Minneapolis. I might be wrong, and if I am, hey, just like I said, y'all tell me and let me know because I want to make sure this information I'm giving you is right. So, just help me out here. They moved there. And uh, he be, he took the name Handsome Harley Race, and his partner, of course, was Larry Henning, and he took the name Pretty Boy Larry Henning. So you had Handsome Harley Race and Pretty Boy Larry Henning, and they were both a cocky heel team that broke the rules to win. Well, they broke the rules to well, win. Well, you have you noticed that when a person's a bad guy? Yeah. They uh, do that. The oh, like bad what? guys always cheat to win. Oh, like Hulk Hogan used to do. Oh, yeah, when he was a bad guy. Everybody who's been a bad guy at some point in their career has done that. Yeah. Can you excuse us for one minute? Can you go let the dog in, please? Yeah. Just give us a minute. I'll get back to talking. We got we got uh, studio dogs that love to come in here while Daddy's... Uh, hey, Reed. I can't mess with you right now. Quick, go. Let me help Jackson get sorted back up here. Okay. And we're back. Thanks, guys. Okay, our studio dogs are in. We're set. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay, him and Larry Henning quickly became one of the top tag teams with the AWA. By 1965, they defeated Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher. That's two more legends you cats need to go Google up and look at. Yeah. They were some good old-time wrestlers. Um, where was that, Crusher? Okay. Anyways, they uh, okay. continued to have a feud with the Crusher and, and the Bruiser. And other tag teams for the next several years. While winning the title four times. Four times they won the uh, tag team belts. And then Vern Gagne. He was also the uh, owner of the AWA. And I think the promoter. And all that. And uh, he ran the show. And he was like one of the top superstar wrestlers. See back then Jackson. These guys who owned the territories, they'd always put themselves as the champion or someone in their family, someone they could trust because their biggest fear was, say, I give, yeah, I make you the, the champion of my promotion and you take the belt and you run off to another territory with my belt. So that's why they did it with people they thought they could trust. So a lot of times, like, like down here, Von Eriks, they're the, the Von Erics or someone they could trust always had the belt or something. That's what they was afraid of back then. But that just quickly changed after a while. But anyways, 
Vern Gagne was a uh, hated rival of theirs and had many partners to try and beat them, but he never did. And then, Race left the uh, AWA after a, after several years of being on top. He left to pursue a single career in the NWA, which is another uh, wrestling Show. promotion. The uh, NWA, they were like control of like every, I mean, everything else kind of. You had the NWA, Jackson, and you had all the other territories that kind of worked under them. So, like, they would have their belts, but the AW, the NWA was the belt you wanted. So, well, like I said, I'll get into explaining all that on another episode. Yeah. Right now, we're just covering uh, these legends and stuff. Yeah, they are good legends. Okay, in the uh, NWA, he became... Oh, anyways, in the, in the AWA... In the NWA, he would jump from territory to territory in the 70s, renewing his rival with Terry Funk and Amarillo and, re and winning regional titles as well. So pretty much every territory, every region he went to to wrestle, he, he was on top all the time. Well, then he was known to be like a territory, like a traveling kind of like journeyman that he, I mean, that's what you would do back then to get experience and stuff because there was different promotions where you could go and get a different feel for different types of crowds because your crowds up north would be different than the crowds from uh, down south, you know. Hmm. Kind of give you a different, uh, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, a different uh, way to use your talents and a way to feed off the crowd, you know, learn how to feed off the crowd in different areas. <coughs> But he kept doing that, traveling around. He was seen, like I said, as a territorial wrestler. Not ready for the big spotlight yet. Not until 1973. In 1973, Harley Race faced NWA world champ Dory Funk Jr., which was Terry Funk's uh, dad, I believe. What? Yeah. Okay, oh, the Funks are big. They, got a, they had a big wrestling family back in the wow. day. A lot of generations... I think three of them ended up wrestling and having their own promotions. But they started their rival up again. And in night, okay, 1973, Harley Race faced the MWA World Heavyweight Champion, Dory Funk, in Kansas City, Missouri. It was a great upset for Harley. He held it a couple of months but losing it to Jack Briscoe in Houston, Texas in July. He became a worldwide superstar after that. Everybody wanted to book old Harley Race. Harley Race. Oh, we're doing good on time. I'm just Harley checking my time. Okay. Well, then Harley Race determined to get the NBA World Championship back. He often was uh, moving between territories and winning regional titles again. Eight times he was the Central State Titles Champion, seven-time Missouri Title Champion, and oh, and the Stampede North American Title in Canada too. 
And then in Japan, he was the NWA United National PWF title. He won the Japan NWA United National title, and he won the PFW, uh, multiple PFW titles, too. I mean, PWF titles, too. If I'm butchering this stuff up, I'm very sorry, guys. Just bear with me. We'll get better. And if I'm like I said, if we're wrong about anything, just tell us. Right, dude? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he became the first holder of the Mid-Atlantic U.S. title. He kept continuing for the... He kept uh, in contention for the world championship. All right. So we're going to end Harley Race's career right there in the middle. And, and now we are going to focus for the Fiend. And Jackson, he loves <laughs> the Fiend. I like yeah. the guy, too. But let me write down my time real quick for editing. Okay, and now we're going to start on the Fiend. Let me move this up. Because we have to keep track on them. Um, All right. All right. So, here we go. We're going to talk about... The Fiend of the Bray Wyatt. Oh, let me go. Oh, man. What? I hate it when it does that. Oh, it's computer sometimes. it took. I, I try to set up pictures while we're doing this. I know y'all can't see them, but for Jackson to kind of see and stuff. Because I just like to. Yeah, but uh, computer's being dumb. It kind of shut down on me. That's all right, though. We're still recording. Yeah. Anyways, let's go over the oh, um, Bray Wyatt, The Fiend. He's an American professional wrestler in the WWE right now. He is a third-generation wrestler. Did you know that's Jackson? No. Yeah. I I, I, I knew it, but I forgot about it, if that makes sense. I remember when he first came out, and that's what people were saying, and I kind of forgot. But he following he's followed in the footsteps of his grandfather, Black Jack Mulligan, and his father, Mike Rotunda, and his two uncles, Barry Windham and Kendall William. Now, Barry Windham was very good. I remember him from being around Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and stuff. And his uh, Black Jack Mulligan, I've seen some, uh, I haven't seen much wrestling of him, but I remember hearing about him. Mike Rotunda, he was a good wrestler. But anyways, he debuted in Florida Championship Wrestling in April of 2009 with a victory using the name Alice, uh, Alex Rotunda. Then on June 23rd, he teamed up with his younger brother, Bo Dallas. You know Bo Dallas? Yeah. NXT, that's his brother. Yep. So he comes from a big line of... Wrestlers, you know, yeah, ain't that cool? My mind's blown right now. They defeated, they defeated uh, Justin Ang- Angel and Chris Logan to win the FCW Tag Team Championships. Then on November nineteenth, they lost the championships. Then on June eighth, he made his. Uh, on June eighth, he was on NXT and he tagged with uh, Cody Rhodes. Under the name Husky Harris, and they 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 lost. But of April of 2012, he came back as Bray Wyatt, and that's what started his WWE career, being on the main roster and stuff under Bray Wyatt. He came back 
new name, new look, and it worked for him. I mean, you had Brody Lee, who was a part of the Bright uh, White family. I mean, he had some very good guys. He had a very good run with that. And on May 27th of that year, the family debuted on Raw attacking everybody. You remember that? They just start coming out and beating everybody up. Yeah, like after the match, they just yeah. come up beating up. But I love how the Fiend... And what was his... We're not to the Fiend yet. We're still on Bray Wyatt. Now, what was Bray Wyatt's... Uh, what's his finishing move? Um, Sis- Sister Abigail. There you Sister go. As- Sister, Sister Abigail. Abigail. But sometimes... Yeah, the that's Bray Wyatt. But that's the Fiend that does the mandolin. Call. I'm forgetting. It's okay. I'm not used to... <laughs> he had a real good run with that, but the family kind of... Broke up, and he kind of was doing single stuff for a while. But he came back in 2018, I believe, as The Fiend. And that's when he started the Firefly Funhouse. And that's when he started the Man Claw. Yes, that's when he took on the move of uh, the Manual Claw. Well, and if y'all know The Fiend, he is a spooky dude, man. So he's got like an altar... Persona, he's got the Bray Wyatt character, which is a kind of fun-loving <laughs> prankster guy, and the Fiend is like a twisted kind of messed just up guy. Messed up guy. Because he messes people's minds. Yes, he he he, he likes to do more of the uh, the uh, what? Do you, I guess how am I going to say it? He likes to do more of the, mess with your mind. You know. So yeah, he's. Me and Jackson like him. We like the Firefly Funhouse. It's pretty awesome. I like about him is when those people, all those six people came out and tried to beat them up until they, until Alexa. And well, the have you seen went. a lot of the new stuff? You haven't been. Have you been watching since uh, Randy Rhodes and Randy Rhodes, Randy, Randy Orton, Orton and him fought at the pay per view? And yeah. remember, uh, he caught him on. He burning. He was supposed to come back. The, he he well. Alexa Bliss has been doing the Firefly thing kind of with Randy oh. and kind of making you think that the Fiend's still around because last week she caught Randy's face on fire through that fireball at him. Well, that's what he gets. Well, yeah, because he did burn him, burn the Firefly fun ass down, but that's where we're at with him right now. And like I said, we're going to do old guys and guys who are wrestling now. Yeah, and don't forget about Seth Rollins burning down the Fur Fur Fun House, too. Well, we're not to Seth Rollins, Jackson. No. We're talking about The Fiend and where he is right now. I mean, he's yeah. had some good... With The Fiend, he's had some pretty good uh, rivals with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Randy Orton. The only thing I didn't like is when Goldberg came back and speared him one time and took the belt. I'm sorry, that was stupid. Yeah, they should just cut him I'm off. I'm not a big run. Goldberg fan. Don't no. get me wrong. He was a good wrestler. He had a good WCW run and an okay run in the WWE, but his yeah. last championship run in the WWE stunk. No. His match he had with The Undertaker in uh, Saudi Arabia, that match was not good. I'm not trying not to say suck because kids listen to this. Yeah. That match was not good. He almost hurt The Undertaker. He was very... He was very unprofessional and almost hurt the Undertaker bad. And that's what I mean, guys. If you don't know what you're doing, you can really hurt somebody. But it I don't like his modern day wrestling. All he wants to do is run in and spare you three times. You know, come on, let's wrestle. Actually wrestle. 
Instead like just, you used to do. Instead of just punching them one time and then But don't get me wrong. He had a good run with the WCW. Yeah. That was his golden days. But WWE stuff, I'm not a big fan of. He was okay, but not. Mm. Yeah, but I love when he gets beat up. Yes. But I didn't co- I didn't do any of the moves and talk about the moves and stuff today, guys. So excuse me for that. But the next episode, I have some wrote down, ready to go. Mm-hmm. But... I think that's it for this episode, guys. And I would like to thank you guys for coming and keep coming back. You kids come and learn about wrestling, man. Just don't do that stuff at home. But just appreciate what these guys do for us. I mean, they make some good matches. Yeah. And they put their bodies on the line. Yeah. You know, so. But tell your parents. So y'all can uh, listen to this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher. I'm trying to get our get our you YouTube too. channel going. We haven't got that going yet, yeah. but we are on Spotify. We've got us under the kids uh, categories and stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, just talking wrestling with you kids, getting yeah. you, you know, because we need to preserve it, man. It, it's it's a I don't want it dying away, and you know, so. Hopefully, eventually, we can get people to come do interviews. Yeah. But this has been episode three, and thank you guys for coming. Next week, we will um, finish up Harley Race, and we'll be going over Randy Orton. He's another third-generation superstar. His grandfather was a wrestler. His dad was a wrestler. See, I grew up watching his dad some... And uh, his dad was Cowboy Bob Orton. Yeah. So. (laughs) But yeah, we got that coming in too. And uh, next week I've got some more uh, stuff lined up. You know, some of the language and stuff. Yeah. You know, so you guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I'm glad you guys are on board. But uh, this has been what, Jackson? What's the name of the show? Wrestling. Wrestling. 101 with Jackson. And I am your host, Stephen Booth. I mean, I'm your co-host, Stephen Booth. And and I'm your host, Jackson Booth. And you guys, be good, be real, and we will see you uh, cool cats later. Want to tell them bye, Jackson? Bye, everybody. Have a good one, guys. Bye.